Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, the Word of God says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction and perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And together, my son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Let's pray. Lord, so much wisdom contained in this book, and the Bible in general, of course, but then this book specifically written to help the simple become wise. Uh, Help us today to become wise as we look at these important truths. Thank you for the people you've gathered here. Thank you for uh, the fathers and the mentors you've given us in our lives, and, and help us to understand that you, uh, being our Heavenly Father and our our greatest teacher, uh, we can save ourselves and those in our lives so much trouble if we would just learn the lessons of this book and not just know them, but live them. And I pray today you'd increase our wisdom uh, as we strive to serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, The book of Proverbs is a tremendous book. I recommend that every Christian read one chapter of Proverbs a day. And we do this by reading the uh, whatever day it is on the calendar. Today's the 16th, so this morning I read Proverbs 16. There's 31 Proverbs. There's no more than 31 days in a month. And so every year we can read Proverbs 12 times a year, uh, and that just fills us with wisdom. Now, what makes Proverbs so unique is, of course, the entire Bible is full of wisdom. But Proverbs is unique in a way that, that it's like uh, immediately applicable to your life. You can read a verse and just apply it. It's, it's raw wisdom. It's almost like just taking wisdom and just uh, mainlining it right into your system. Just, just uh, processing it and saying, I can make this a part of my life right now. And so, tremendously important verse. And of course, we read the the purpose statement in Proverbs here, right at the beginning of it, uh, to know wisdom and understanding, to perceive the words of wisdom. So it's really written to young people so that they can become wise. The three main people in the Bible are the simple. Those are people that just don't know yet. They're like a blank piece of paper. Uh, Then there are the wise. Those are the ones who know what God says and choose to live according to God's word. And then there are the fools. Those are the ones who they don't care what God says. They want to do it their way. And so all of us begin as simple. But then as we grow older, especially about the teenage years, we really start making a choice. Are we going to become wise or are we going to become a fool? And so many people choose uh, the, the foolish path. And those are the ones, uh, I don't care 
I'm going to do it my way. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. They never ask for counsel. They don't honor their parents. They don't listen to, to what God says or anybody else. They, they, if they do ask people what to do, they ask people of the same age or their peers who have the same level of experience and knowledge that they do. And, and they just go down a path. And this is what's truly important to understand. They go down a path that has been proven since the beginning of time to end badly. It's proven. Billions of case studies have proven that if you live in rebellion against God and you choose to be a fool, it doesn't end well. But yet we have uh, sinners who are uh, optimistic. Well, it won't happen to me. I am the, the uh, exception. And I've had people literally sit in my office and tell me, well, I know what the Bible says, but, but that doesn't apply to me or I'm the exception. And one time I was talking to a young lady and I literally laughed at her. And she's like, well, you're laughing at me. She's like, I said, I can't help it. I just said last week that there are some people that look at God's word and say, well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm the exception. And you just told me, she said, and here's what she said. She said, I know, and I've heard you say that, but you don't know me. I'm different. So say they all. Right? It's like the uh, how many people are sitting in prison for from a theft and the criminal thinks they're the one that's going to get away with it. And so uh, fools tend to have a, a very negative outlook on life in general, but they uh, always think that they're going to beat the odds personally or when it comes to spiritual things. Uh, they're the exception. It doesn't apply to them. And so the, the best thing we can do is we know that we all start as simple. The best thing we can do is just become wise. Now, here's a beautiful thing about a God. God allows you to change which side you're on. So let's say you were simple. You grew up and you started hanging around the wrong people. Or you went the wrong way or you had a lot of rebellion in your heart. And so you cho- chose to be foolish. God comes to you and says, I'm going to g- let you change your mind and start being wise today. That's huge. How many of us in this room have been on the path of, of foolishness and God showed us the way and we chose to become wise? But let me warn you, that path also goes the other way. How many people have started out on a path to wisdom and at some point they chose to be a fool? And so that's why the Bible says things like keep wisdom, protect wisdom, hide it in your heart. Because just because you have wisdom today doesn't mean you'll always be wise. You have to keep choosing wisdom. And, and just because you've chosen the path of foolishness and maybe you stand on the foolish side today doesn't mean you always have to be a fool. You can change your mind today. And so the, the book of Proverbs is truly life-changing. In every major area of your life you can imagine, uh, God's Word in the book of Proverbs says something about it, some principle that will help you be wise. Today, or tonight for our lesson, I want to point out... Uh, a two-word phrase that is critical in deciphering the, the book of Proverbs. And it's the two words found in verse 8, my son, my son. Now this reminds us that ultimately Proverbs was written and compiled by Solomon for his son and his children. Those of you that know the Bible, did, did Rehoboam turn out to be wise or foolish? He ended up becoming foolish. He split the kingdom. 
kingdom was never the same. His dad's counselors actually told him, do this. His peers told him to do the opposite, and he chose his peers uh, and split the kingdom. So even though he had every advantage, Rehoboam had every, the wisest father other than Christ who ever lived. And we know Solomon's end of his life, uh, he strayed as well. But I mean, what more could you want? The king of Israel grew up in a, a, a wonderful home, had every opportunity, and he chose to be a fool. And it's always heartbreaking when we have people that grow up in, and have seemingly have every opportunity and choose to go that direction. However, we never give up on people because as long as they're still breathing and there's still a God up in heaven, they can, they can uh, change, repent, and get right with God. Amen? And so, uh, but how many others have started off with seemingly every disadvantage and yet they end up becoming wise? And so this is the beauty of Proverbs. But ultimately we see that Proverbs was written... Humanly speaking, written and compiled by Solomon to his children, to his son specifically. But we see on a spiritual plane, it is written by our heavenly father for his children, which means it applies to every one of us. So every verse in the book of Proverbs is important. Uh, we could just turn to any verse in the book of Proverbs and just pick one and I could preach on it and it would help you today. Uh, it's that powerful. However, when God really wanted to get our attention, or when Solomon really wanted to get the attention of his son, he would stop and say, my son, almost like, now son, listen, what I'm about ready to tell you is super important. And so when you look at the, the phrase, my son, in the scripture, normally it's, it's kind of this imperative that says, all right, now son, listen, because you can't miss this. Everything I'm saying is important, but if you're going to walk away with anything, at least get the next thing I'm about to say. And so when we study the book of Proverbs, we see 23 times the phrase, my son, is used. And so I just want to do a little Bible study with you tonight on a Father's Day. And we'll look at some of these things, and I'll go very quickly through some of them. Some of them I'll stop, and I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, and what I've actually done for you is categorize them under headings. And so, for example, the first one has several of these my sons under the same idea because it's so important. Uh, but we'll just get through as many of these as, as we have time for tonight and then get you to the house. But I mean, that this is powerful, powerful stuff. And so let's look at verse 8. The Bible says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. And I just said number one. All right, son, listen. If you miss everything else I've said, don't miss this. Son, listen. Are you ready, son? Hear instruction. Listen to instruction. And the Bible says an awful lot about those who refuse instruction. Those who refuse to listen. You know, as a kid, maybe somebody's saying something you don't want, and you do this. Nah, 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 nah. And you know, you just don't want to hear. You just cover your ears and make some noise or something. So I don't want to hear what you're going to say. There's a lot of people living their lives like that. I mean, they just don't want to hear what God says. They don't want to hear what their parents say. They don't want to hear what the preacher says. They don't want to hear what their boss says. They don't want to hear what anybody says. They don't listen to the police. They just, they just don't care what anybody says. And that always ends badly. So the first lesson that we have to learn in this path of wisdom is hear. You have to listen. Jesus said the great commandment is what? Anybody remember? The great commandment, the two great commandments, love, 
the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, love thy neighbor as thyself. But wait, I skipped part of the verse, as we often do. The great commandment is here, O Israel, love the Lord thy God. And what's the Lord saying? You have this great commandment, this life-changing, paradigm-shifting thing that you need to get. But what God says first is, hear it. If you don't hear it, and, and like the Bible often says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It's not just the process of having ear waves vibrate the little bones in your ear and your, your eardrum so that you physically hear it. It's talking about the idea of hearing it with the, with the intention to receive it. I'm listening to that. I, I want your input. I want to accept it. Teach me. See, pride says the exact opposite. I already know. Pride says, I know. You ever tried to tell someone, here's how we do this. I know. Well, if you knew, I probably wouldn't be telling you. And if you knew, then why didn't you do it like this last time? So close your mouth, stop the pride, open your ears, and listen. There's a lot of people up in heaven. I know. And God says, no, you don't. And I think that's why you're here tonight in church, is because many of you want to listen. You want to hear what God has to say. Uh, Proverbs 2.1, look at that. And I'm going to put several of these my sons under this heading. And they all say it a little bit different way. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. So here, notice this thing again, the idea of hearing instruction if you will receive my words if you intend to receive my words then here's how you go about it and he talks about having the the thought of knowledge wisdom and understanding as for seeking hid treasure so it's not just enough of fine i will listen to what you have to say it's no i am looking for the next little bit of wisdom i'm looking to be taught i'm looking to be instructed I don't want to spend the next 10 years of my life making mistakes that if I would just sit down and listen to people for a little bit, I could live my life without having to learn all of those things. And some people, they have to figure it out for themselves. They have to feel the, the, the sting of sin. They have, to, they have to touch the candle when a parent says no. They have to stick their finger in it to say, ow, that does really hurt. You know, there are those, but I want to be the kind of person that's like, I don't need to spend the next 30 years of my life making mistakes that everybody else makes just to figure out and look back and say, oh, yeah, they, they were right. No, God's right from the beginning. And so we have this idea that we're going to receive instruction. I want to hide the commandments. I don't just want to hear them. I want to process them, internalize them, and make them a part of who I am so now I can live a different way. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 4. And look at verse 10. Hear, O my son. See the my son again? Now, son, don't miss this. Hear, hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. Why? And the years of thy life shall be many. And that's what I just spoke about. Your, your life is bettered and often lengthened by just obeying God. Well, why should I listen to you? There's wonderful benefits to wisdom. And the Bible outlines those. All right, look at verse 20. Proverbs 4.20, my son, attend to my words. 
incline thine ear to my saying. So what does the word attend mean? So you are in attendance tonight at church. You showed up. And the Bible's saying here, listen, show up when I speak. Don't just be there in your spot, but I mean be there, engaged, again, hear, process, learn. And then it goes on to say, incline thine ear to my sayings. I like this idea of inclining the ear. My ear is bent towards listening. I want to know. You don't have to convince me that I need to know what God's going to say. I want to know everything God says. And uh, I used to teach my kids when they were very young, and I would call them, and they would say, well, I didn't hear you. Well, I called. It's your job to listen. If you're out playing in the yard... And you think you hear my voice. Well, I thought maybe it was you, but then I thought maybe it wasn't. Then that's on you. My job's to call. Your job's to come. And there has to be that bent, that, that bent in the, the ear that just says, I know my daddy's voice, and I want to hear it. I know mama's voice, and I, I want to hear that. Oftentimes, our sin nature is children are often better for other people, and they're the worst with their own parents. You ever see that? I mean, sometimes we'll have kids be wonderful at church, and then their their parents show up, and it's like they just turn, they like metamorphosize. You know, they like turn into this thing, and it's like, what just happened? Well, sometimes the parents let them get away with stuff. They know that they're not going to do it at church or school or whatever, but then their parents, they can get away with it. Uh, no, no, it ought to be the exact opposite, that I am better for daddy than anybody else. I am better for mommy than anybody else. I respect my mom more than I respect anybody else. I respect daddy more than anybody else. And so that there needs to be this flip of I'm inclining my ear to hear what my parents, and specifically here my, my father, my heavenly father, is trying to tell me. Is your ear inclined to God? Do you love preaching? Do you want to hear what God has to say? Do you, do you want to hear from God? And, and do you rejoice whenever you hear from him, even when it's not what you wanted to hear? See, what we often do is if our parent or somebody says something we don't want to hear, we kind of throw a fit, we throw up the walls, we stomp off, we throw a fit. Ah! I don't want to do that to the Lord. You know, I'm thankful that, that he's there and that he, he talks to me, even when he tells me things I need to hear that I don't want to hear. And every, every adult parent and every parent has to do that. You have to tell your kids things they don't want to hear. And children, look at me. I want your kids to look at me. When your parents tell you things you don't want to hear, it's your job to incline your ear and submit to that. They are the parent. You are the child. God put them in your life for a reason. So you respect them, you honor them, you obey them, you incline your ear unto them. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding. Whoa, bow thine ear. This has the idea of submission like we just talked about. Don't just listen to the words, submit to them. I understand that I am... I am when God speaks, I understand that he is speaking from a place of authority. I'm not just listening to decide whether or not I'm going to obey. I listen with the concept of submission. So I bow my ear. I, what, what was that, Lord? 
and, and, and there's, a, there's a submission involved. And I think that every uh, child has to work on that. And, and by the way, it's adults, we got to get that too. You know, if the guy that signs your paycheck, he deserves a level of respect just because he's giving you a job. If he's that big of a jerk, go work for somebody else. Don't take the man's money. But don't take his money and run him down. Don't take his money and argue with him. Uh, and, and every area of life, we have situations like this where these lessons are helpful. Uh, Proverbs 23, verse 19 says, Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. See, wisdom, that, that phrase, guide thine heart in the way, I want you to listen to this and think. When you spend your life listening to wisdom, then now you have a repository or, or all this wisdom banked up. And that wisdom helps guide you in your life. So you run into a situation that you've never been in, but wait, God told me about this. And so now I know what to do. Or you face a problem and you've never faced that problem before, but somebody who's been there, an older, wiser person, has told you what what they did and how God helped them through that. And so now you know what to do. And so the wisdom, when we spend our life listening, the wisdom that we get throughout that life becomes our guide. This is why it's important to hide it in our heart and it, it guides us through life and we guide our heart. Let me say a last word about that. Don't let your heart lead you. The heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The heart's untrustworthy. Don't make choices by feelings. Make them by facts. Facts are more important than feeling. And so I don't know how many times in my life I felt a certain way, but wisdom dictated that I handle it a different way than how I wanted to or how I felt. Now that's wisdom. And, and it saves us a lot of trouble when we allow that wisdom to guide our heart rather than allowing our heart to guide us. Boy, that's a recipe for destruction, isn't it? All right, go back to Proverbs chapter 1. Is this helpful to you? Proverbs chapter 1, and look at verse 10. And my son, if sinners entice thee, let's say it together, consent thou not. That means say no. Don't go along with it. And we've talked about this quite a bit over the years, and, and uh, even through Sunday School series in Proverbs chapter 1, I took 13 weeks and went through Proverbs chapter 1, giving you the keys to Proverbs, and, and one of them is you've got to learn how to reject temptation. So this is number two. Number one is hear instruction. Number two, now son, if you're going to get anything, I'm going to tell you a lot of things, but don't miss this, reject temptation. Just say no. Your flesh is going to want to do it. The crowd's going to want to do it. Peer pressure is not just for kids. It's for adults, too. How many of us adults have been places and things are going on that you know that you shouldn't be a part of, but hey, you know, it's, come on, Paul, let's do this, or come on, oh, don't be a stick in the mud, come on. And, and boy, that pressure just, uh, and then you got that internal pull of the, the sin nature that says, yeah, just, you've been good lately, just, just, just give in this once. And you got the Holy Spirit saying, no, stop. I mean, there's that, that tug of war for your, your heart and your soul at that moment. Reject temptation. If your friends try to get you to sin, they are not your friends. You don't need friends like that. And whenever you get saved or you get right with God, oftentimes you've got to get new friends. 
Because if you pay attention, our friendships are built around things like partying. That's my drinking buddy. That's the one I smoke with. Or that's the one I do this with. Or, you know, when I get around so-and-so, my mouth just gets. Oftentimes, whenever you get saved or you get right with God and you, you try to start doing right, there is a natural separation that occurs between you and the old crowd because unless they want to change with you, they're going to pull you right back down, that gravitational pull of your old sin nature. And you just got to say no. And you love them and you help them. You, you, you try to get them saved, but I'm heading a new direction now. And so reject temptation. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. So we said number one, hear instruction. Number two, reject temptation. Number three, <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. And so here we have number three, son, don't miss this, remember the law. Don't just hear it, remember it. How many of us have had children and you ask them to do something, then it's not done? You're like, what happened? And they're like, I forgot. Oh, you forgot. Well, that explains everything. Never mind. You're not accountable for it then. We all forget. No, we have to remember. We just have to learn to remember. There's a lot of important things in your life that if you forget, you're going to pay a heavy price. you got to remember. And so sometimes having, having a conversation with a, a teenager, I don't know if it's hormones or what, but man, these teenagers, it's like their mind just goes blank for a certain amount of time. You like look in their eyes and they're like, bank it. Like, are you in there? Xbox, PlayStation, sleep, food. Can you do this? Yeah, sure. What, why didn't you do that? What? And it's like, so... Uh, sometimes these conversations with, with teenagers, it's, it's like, no, it's your responsibility to remember. And even with your children. When, when daddy asks you something, when mommy asks you something, you have to learn to put that into a special place in your head where you protect it and make sure it gets done. As we get older, we really do get forgetful, amen? <laughs> amen. And so it's right. And so, I mean, write it down, put a string on your finger, uh, make notes, put alarms on your phone. I was talking to a guy one time. He says he had string on his fingers. Like, what's that for? He's like, I forgot. I forgot why I put it there. I mean, you really get in trouble sometimes. And uh, put it put it on the to do list, and and uh, then you forget to look at your to do list. I mean, you you put alarms. I put alarms on my phone, and my alarm be beeping. I'm busy. I don't. Why is my phone beeping? I got to get back to work. And and so this is something that we all fight. But there are some things that require and they're worth the extra effort to do whatever it takes to remember them. And wisdom is one of these things. Remember the law. My son, forget not my law. You put it in a special place in your heart and you ask God to help you remember these things have to get done. We have to obey these things. And so remember the law. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. The Bible says, My son... Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. So this one, number four is, son, don't miss this, accept correction. You have to learn to accept correction. There are going to be people in your life that hold you accountable for either what you said or what you were supposed to do. 
Don't get mad at the messenger when you do wrong. Don't get mad at the person who's reminding you that you failed in your obligation. This is so vital. We're going to have people our whole lives are going to correct us. You work for a boss, you've got a supervisor at work, a manager, they're going to correct you. I've known guys that literally couldn't keep a job because they couldn't handle any type of correction at all. Well, you're in trouble, friend, if, if, you, if, you, can't, if you can't accept correction. Uh, children who can't accept correction from the parents. And listen, your parents don't always do it right. But you accept it. If what they're saying is right, take it. God will correct us. And so we have to learn to accept correction. The Bible says, neither be weary of his correction. Let me tell you what happens. I want you to look at me. We get a little bit rebellious. And so we start testing the waters. We start pushing against the fences. And so we go over here, correction. And so we go over here, correction. And we push it over, correction. And we push it over here, correction. Well, why am I just getting corrected all the time? It's your fault. You're so strict. No, how about you just stop pushing against the boundaries? How about you just decide to submit to God's will for your life, submit to the leadership God's given you, submit to God's word. If you keep pushing against the boundaries, you're going to keep getting corrected. And so the way you stop the correction is not fighting against it, it's submitting to the way that God wants things to be. Amen? Look at Proverbs 3 and verse 21. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So the word keep there, the old English word keep is the word guard or protect. And here under number five, I put protect wisdom. Just because you're wise today doesn't mean you're going to be wise next week. You could choose to become a fool. You got to protect it. Just because God, listen, God has given many of you victories in your life. You've got things that, that you've overcome. Don't get lazy with that because if you start, if you start putting your, your toe back into the water of sin, that stuff will swallow you right back up. Some of you children, you have never had to face the, the difficulties of what it's like growing up in, in a, a sinful world. You've never had a, a, a parent scream and cuss at you. You've never had somebody knock you across the room because you talked back. I was talking to my, one of my children recently. We were talking about you know the way we used to grow up. And I'm not saying this is right. This is just the way it was. And one, one of my kids talked back to me. And, and it wasn't terrible, but it was, and I corrected it. And I said, you know what would have happened whenever we, we were sitting in the car? And I said, you know what would have happened whenever I was a kid? Like what? And I slow motion went, <laughs> you know, just like nicely and softly across the cheek. I said, I would have got slapped right across. No, you wouldn't have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, you have no idea how good you have it. And I'm not saying, of course, we, we don't want to ever go into disciplining and anger and be out of control and things like that. God gave children a wonderful little place to apply the rod of correction. It's a wonderful little place on their body that's perfectly padded where bad things don't happen, but you get their attention. All right? However, many of you children have never had to face 
a drunken parent coming home and throwing you across the room or watching someone punch your, your mother or having your, your mom. I, I knew a young lady whose mom stabbed her stepdad in front of her. Talk about, talk about a fight. And then it's like, oh, we were just having a fight. You know, the ambulance came, the police came, they're taking the mom off to jail. It's like, oh, no, this was nothing. <laughs> it's like, this is nothing. Guy got stabbed in the gut. Well, this kind of stuff, I mean, this young lady, this is years ago, grew up in such a terrible situation. But here's what happens. If you're not careful, you don't recognize the wisdom around you. You don't recognize the wisdom of your parents, and you see, you see godliness as strict. You see protection as bondage. And you fail to see the wonderful blessings God's given you in your life. Boy, don't be a fool. Don't be foolish. Recognize what God's given you. And, and hopefully one of these days when, when you get older and you have your family, you can marry the right person and, and, and live a godly life and those things, and God can protect your children from that as well. And if you didn't have that, then try your best to set up the, the world for your kids now. So we have to protect wisdom. And then notice it says discretion. We have to protect discretion, the ability to see between the lines, the ability to see how things, how God sees them, not just what's presented. You got to protect that or we can all get in trouble. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 5. So we talked about hear instruction, reject temptation, remember the law, accept correction, protect wisdom, and then Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 20 I'll, I'll stop with this one, get you out of here a little early tonight. But this point's going to take 40 minutes, and so don't get, don't get excited. No, I'm kidding. Well, uh, Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 20. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravaged with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? And so this talks about moral purity. And I'll say this, here's Solomon, he's talking, listen son, son, if you miss, if you miss what I'm saying, don't miss this, stay morally pure. Stay morally pure. The world has become so sexualized that sometimes the simple things that I preach from the Bible, whether it's how people should dress or how people should act or the old-fashioned uh, wise ways of, of, you know, dating and how to find your mate and all of this kind of stuff, people look at you like you got two heads. Because the world's gone nuts. I mean, they've gone absolutely nuts. And we're, we are presenting people a proven way of safety and blessing, and they mock at it. I still believe, like the Bible teaches, that you ought to stay pure until you, you get married. That you young people in this room, the first time you're ever with a man or a woman, in an intimate way, is on your honeymoon night. I believe that with all my heart. Now, you say, well, preacher, well, I've already blown that. Then start today. Start today. And, and I, wish, I wish we could teach ladies to value themselves. And these young ladies value themselves. You devalue yourself when you, when you just give yourself away. 
if, if, if he's worth giving yourself to, if he's worth spending the rest of your life with, or if he's worth giving your, your body to, then he ought to be willing to make a commitment to you. I just believe that. By the way, how's the world doing? How's it doing, world? Go ahead and live together, world. How's that working out for you? Go ahead and, and do all this recreational sex and have babies everywhere out of wedlock and, and people don't know what to do and it's like, now, now I'm, I'm this and I've, I, I don't have somebody to help me and I've got this or I, I married somebody and I didn't pay attention and now I'm married to somebody that, that really isn't what, who I thought they were. And, and I mean, you, you look at all the damage and the hurt and the pain and the suffering. When so much of that goes away, if my son keep thyself pure. And if we're not careful, I come from a family. Listen, my whole extended family that wasn't saved. There's immorality all through my family. Thankfully, so far, God's protected us from that. Divorce so much through my family and through my wife's family. And my in-laws are still together, praise God, and living with dad for 49 years. I mean, that's a big deal. Mom's going to get a crown in heaven. I mean, something. I think she's a sainted right now. And... uh, but I mean, divorce all through that extended family, huge family, divorce in my family, immorality everywhere, kids that, that just uh, are, are just such a wreck and, and all of these things. We, we say, well, we've got to stop it. Let's get another government program. Let's give a little bit more money over here. Let's throw some money at that. Let, let, let's elect some people that will deal with that. How about we go back to the scriptures and we go back to the book of Proverbs and keep thyself pure. Not going to get too far in the weeds in this, but I was just happened to be reading some articles recently, and they were talking about the rise of STDs. And I thought, here's a whole class of diseases that are based on promiscuity and sin. You know why they're on the rise? Because immorality is on the rise. Now you say, preacher, I'm, I'm in some of those groups that you mentioned. You know I'm not picking at you. I'm trying to protect everybody else. And wherever you are, whatever state you're in, God can help you where you are. But I'm telling you right now, the way you get back to where you want to be is to start today choosing wisdom. And it's hard. It's really hard to go against what the world's doing. It's really hard to go against what your family's doing. It's hard to tell yourself no when you've always allowed this or you've never done this. And God says, stop this, start this. I know how difficult it is. But I also understand how many more years are you going to beat your head against the wall in unhappiness? and frustration, and hurt, and the private tears before we realize I can just turn to God in wisdom and He'll take me right where I am. And I can choose to be wise today. And it's not easy at first. And truthfully, it never gets real easy. But once you start seeing the benefits of that, it gets a little easier when you can point to and say, I wouldn't have this if it wasn't for... God's help here. And I wouldn't have this if it wasn't for God's help here. And so Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 are chapters about this thing where it's teaching a young person, keep thyself pure. Most of the radio, most of the songs on the radio are sensual. 
most of the TV shows are sensualized. If, if it would shock some of you parents to sit down with your kids, if they watch the Disney Channel, just sit down with them for an hour one of these days and watch with them. What? Whoa. Where'd that come from? We are facing this in Christianity today where 10 and 11-year-olds are at a place of rebellion and sin where it used to be 14 and 15-year-olds. But children today are exposed to so much foolishness and wickedness at such a young age that their heart's getting harder so much younger. They're getting exposed to adult types of sins and adult type thinking at such a young age. And they're not made to handle that. They're they're not prepared emotionally, mentally, to bear the weight of these things. But when are we, at least the world's not going to get it, but when are at least God's people going to say, we got to get back to God's Word. And as we study the Scriptures here, and I hope many of you will take me up, and I know many of you have, but many of you will take us up on this idea of read a proverb a day. So tomorrow will be Proverbs 17. Read a proverb a day. Ask God to give you one verse that you can take and apply to that today, to your life today, and it'll help you. But we got to get back to doing things God's way. Amen? Amen. I've got ten other things that I'm going to give you another time when the Lord leads, so you'll just have to be faithful, and I'll throw it at you one of these days whenever God tells us. Hopefully that's a help to you. Let's choose wisdom. Amen? Father, help us as we strive to choose wisdom. We are frail, we're weak, we have a tendency, we're bent towards sin, we enjoy it, and yet the new part of us, the redeemed part of us, doesn't want that. And yet, we have to strengthen the spirit so we have the strength to to tell the flesh no. I pray today that all of us in the room, we would choose wisdom. From the youngest to the oldest, choose wisdom. And then, Lord, that we would trust you as we have to make sometimes difficult choices and, and tough decisions. And it's painful. Change is painful. But we don't need to spend years beating our heads against the wall. We just trust you in obedience. Help us to do it. Help our children to be wise. Help the the simple ones growing up in our church to, as we try to write on their hearts the Word of God, that they would choose wisdom. Oh, God, I've seen so many good people over the years, people I love so much, just go the wrong way. It breaks my heart. We've had people that have been incredibly wise that just have forgotten wisdom. God, I pray that even now you would restore, turn, change their heart, bring them back to you. Christians all over our community, our region, our country, turn them back to you. Help them to choose wisdom. Lord, help the people that are in our churches to choose wisdom. Help them not to rebel against uh, strong Bible preaching, but to accept it and to choose to believe it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand. If the Lord spoke to your heart, the altar is open. As the piano plays.